0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Seeking Play podcast. My name is Dr. Jane Hession,
1: And I'm Ronan Healy.
0: And we are the founders of a service design studio based in Limerick, Ireland. In case you missed our introductory episode, the name Seeking Play is an honour of the wonderful work of the late Jaak Pancep.
1: Yak was a pioneer in the field of affective neuroscience. He actually coined that phrase. And it was reading Yacht's work a number of years ago that um, I think was the insight that there is more to play than we realized. We were quite naive to it. And it was, I think, the first of many steps in terms of reading a variety of different literatures. Um, But for us, I think Yacht's work and the the books that are here uh, were certainly was an important milestone. And we covered this slightly in the first introductory episode, but just to recap a little bit, um, Jaak and his researchers identified uh, seven primary emotions within the human brain or within mammalian brains. And um, for us, as we were reading yak's work, uh, we always thought that... Um, Seeking, being one—it's described as the baseline emotion. It's an expectancy, or you could imagine it as as foraging, and, and and for us, it's it's a sense of curiosity. That kind of drive, if that curiosity drive for us is is now we associate it with seeking. And then, uh, as Lego series Play facilitators who were trying to understand what is play and why do we play, um, we were very much gravitated towards the the um, play. Um, primary emotion. So the name for us kind of just it nearly named itself for us. We were seeking uh, what is play. So hence the name Seeking Play.
0: Our first guest on season one was Dr. Christian Montag. Dr. Christian Montag is a professor of molecular psychology at the University of Ulm. For us, Christian was a wonderful first guest because he also had the honor of working alongside the late Jak Pansep. We have now watched back our interview with Christian, and we have identified three quotes that we really enjoyed that we're going to share with you. Having read Yat Pansep's work, it became clear to me how important our emotional lives are to explain who we are and how we can achieve well-being. Mother Nature gave us a play circuit, which needs to be stimulated if we want to grow into mentally healthy adults.
1: I get the last one.
0: You can get the last one.
1: (laughs) It's enlightening to bring the theories of flow and effective neuroscience together so we can understand what happens in our brain. And we reference a book um, during the conversation with Christian. It's called Animal Emotions, How They Drive Human Behavior. And uh, this book is free. Um, to access we will link it to the show notes it's a short read uh relative to a lot of other uh work in relation to affective neuroscience i think we hope wished we could find it first um, but happy to have gone through the, the 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 more challenging aspects of affective neuroscience um so it's there it's it's short read it's very accessible and it'll be linked in the show notes and we also reference the ANPS, or the Affective Neuroscience Personality Scale. And this was developed by Yak and all, all of his other colleagues as well. And you can um, complete this questionnaire. There's a short version, which is uh, about five or 10 minutes, or just a slightly longer version. And it will, through your own, um, answering your own questions, uh, give you a, a, a kind of a schematic view uh, of um, your primary emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully,
0: we both did it before we did it and we
1: were uh, they'll give you the mean the average of respondents and we were uh didn't come as too much of a surprise we were overly playful Mm -hmm. (laughs) we were high on on the play trait, and uh there's also um we reference other uh pieces of work that christian um has produced and we will also uh, provide those in the show notes as well Mm -hmm. so for now
0: Uh, We hope you enjoy the first episode as much as we had, you know, the fun recording it as well. So enjoy, everybody.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Christian Montag, thank you so much for being on the Seeking Play podcast. We are delighted that you're here. And as we're saying in our pre-show chat, you really had to be our first guest. Um, So again, thank you so much for that
2: it's an honor for me to be here of course and uh i wish you all the best with your new podcast a lot of people will listen to this
1: yeah fingers crossed well i know my granny my granny <laughs> my my grandmother is a good supporter of what what we do so we'll definitely have a listener maybe not, maybe not listeners plural um and look we'll we'll get into obviously why really we were pinning our hopes that you'd be our first guest of all of the wonderful guests and we're we're surprised ourselves at, at the caliber of people who are, are willing to chat about play and playfulness. But for us, it was always had to be you. And again, no pressure. And I didn't we didn't stay, say this in the email, but turns out you were willing to be our first guest. Um and look, I'm going to go through the formal introduction of who is this. Who's this Christian Montag chap? I don't know,
2: so let's so, <laughs> so start with who am I, whoever I am.
1: <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big existential start. We're, we're jumping in on the deep end here. But according to your biography, which is very impressive, Professor Christian Montag is a professor from molecular psychology at Ulm University and was visiting professor at the University of Electronic Science and Technology of China in Chengdu. Christian is interested in the molecular genetics of personality and emotions. He combines molecular genetics with brain imaging techniques such as structural functional MRI to better understand individual differences in human nature. Adding to this, he conducts research in the fields of neuroeconomics and addiction, including new approaches to psychoinformatics.
2: Wow. That's correct. Can we stop here or
0: (laughs) What, what an incredible I'm exhausted even listening to that bio. So firstly, thank you so much for taking. You're incredibly busy taking the time to chat with
1: us today, (laughs) you know, definitely. It's very impressive. Very impressive. And and to give our listener, my grandmother, context of how do we happen upon uh, Christian Montag is uh, uh, Jane and I, it sounds slightly corny, but we do a play date on Monday mornings in our office where we look for academic uh, journals and papers and even books that have been uh, released in relation to play and playfulness. And uh, about a year ago, or maybe a little bit longer, Yakpansep is a is a search term that we we go for. We're checking in on mm-hmm. or affective neuroscience. And um, we read the um, how you linked the ANPS, which we'll get into, to the five personality traits. And like we normally do, we just reach out to the researchers and say, "Thank you for bringing this into the world. It's mm-hmm. helped us," uh, and which is very much part of our our learning journey. Understand what is play and why do we play and you very kindly said let's have a chat and that was over a year ago so that's how we know you we kind of annoyed you (laughs) we're fans
2: no you didn't I, i love to talk to people particularly i mean i think it's great what you're doing so a lot of people spend their time different than you obviously obviously do on mondays you dig through scientific papers i think a lot of people would say well that's a different kind of activity we usually do on
1: mondays (laughs) it's funny it's actually we find it a reprieve we 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 find it energizes us for the week um so yeah it's an interesting reframe Mm -hmm. anyhow
2: it's so that we reconnect and that we talk a bit today absolutely uh, so yeah like we we want to
1: understand you first of all Yeah. you know we understand you so jane's going to kick off with our first question
0: yeah well I think it would be great for the listeners maybe just to hear a bit of background question about you know what were you like as a kid if you if you could maybe just share some insights with us
2: yeah that that that's a good question and I if I reflect on my childhood I think I was very privileged in terms of having very parental parents who were really supportive in, in fulfilling also our p- potentials and um if i look back i was a guy who was rather introverted to be honest so i was really into books you probably don't see it in the background but i have a lot of guitars so uh, i was really into music and songwriting and it was more me activity not too social and i think that was the basis also for me to become a scientist because i love reading and i started to write also to write a lot and that's what I still do these days: write a lot, read a lot, and think about the world. So, in, in so far, I think this started all uh, in my childhood.
1: And and if you can kind of think back in your childhood, is there any bumps or scrapes or breakages <laughs> or bruises uh, that can kind of tell an interesting story of your childhood, but that you think help form part of your identity as an adult? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, unfortunately, I cannot tell you about a bruise or something that's good for me. I guess uh, also yeah. mentally stable these days because we know how strong the impact can be if you experience something traumatic from very early on for uh, the development of the young brain. But anyhow, I mean, clearly, what what shapes us in the beginning, aside from genetics, is clearly um, your parents, your peers, and how you grow up, and i think i had an interesting mix because my dad he uh, was a businessman but my mom is an artist and i think i got from both worlds a lot so the creative part but also the part which helps me to manage a lot of things in everyday life Mm. and i think the 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 greatest gift i got from my parents is traveling so i was very privileged as a child and um, adolescent that my parents already showed me from early on in the world so we have been to a lot of travels not only in Europe but the US and so forth which clearly helps you to to have an open mind and therefore I'm really thankful.
0: okay So I think what I would be really interested to you know hear from your perspective is, what does adult playfulness mean to you, Christian?
2: That's that's a good question. Of course, it's not the rough and tumble play. We see mm. uh, what Yark is talking about, and we will talk about this a bit later. Of course, I do rough and tumble play these days with my daughter. Yeah, yeah. She's in the, now in the age with five where rough and tumble play is, of course, an important part of everyday life. So I'm happy to, do, to engage in this activity again because it's very joyful. But play activity in uh, adults, means often stylized play it means a play which has certain kind of rules it's making pun, uh, puns on each other so it has to do with humor and um i think for myself it has to do that i'm sometimes still have the boy in me a boyish attitude sometimes so that we as we all know we all don't want to grow up and that you keep a bit of this uh, still while you're um an adult
1: And that's interesting you say that. So how do you strike that balance in the workplace between taking work seriously, Mm -hmm. but not taking work too seriously?
2: Yeah, that's actually quite difficult because in my area, I mean, science these days, or also in my area is very data-driven and we have to be very careful in how we run our experiments and run the stats and do exact writing. So if you think about this way, it's rather a serious matter. can I be, have a, have a fun with this? I think, first of all, by choosing the right topics, topics where I really want to engage and have passion for it. And I think uh, that's also part of the fun, to speak a lot of people in the world about your research. That's really fun and to, to connect to a lot of people. And that's, I think, joyful. Um, in my work, what's also particularly joyful is that I can see the world and exchange my ideas with persons from very different cultures, and this has also joyful and sometimes playful uh, aspect.
0: Yeah, and I think you know what would be really interesting as well to kind of you know go back again to your childhood is you know when you do think back to you know I suppose when you were starting out your career, what advice would you give maybe to your younger self about either being maybe more serious or maybe being more playful in the way that you interacted with others? Thinking back on on your early stages of your career
2: yeah well that that's a good question i mean i think taking things a bit more lightheartedly often mm-hmm. would be good i mean i'm a guy also from my personality who's always pushing myself so i have yeah. strong inner motivation and i think having a bit more of serenity would be good and i mean as as i said i've read a lot and i have a lot I read a lot about uh, mm-hmm. philosophy and i'm really fan of stoic ph- philosophy but you just have this mindset okay change the things you can change yes but the rest you just have to endure and trust Mm -hmm. in, in your abilities and be a bit better in this I think from early on would be good would have been better for me yeah, wonderful.
1: It's interesting uh when we were choosing our our son's name mm-hmm. I suggested Seneca.
2: And uh, but but your your son's name is not Seneca.
0: No, we settled we settled on Noah. We settled on okay, Noah. Okay,
2: that that's also uh, very very much going back to the Bible, but that's Yes,
0: not... it is. Yes, but uh yes, there was a lot of back and forth during covid about which is a beautiful name Seneca, but yeah. yeah, I think we would have had. I would have had to spend a lot of my, you know, and his his life explaining what the name meant, <laughs> you know, to 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 many people. So beautiful name, but yes, no, uh, we we were happy with their
2: choice.
1: Yeah, we were, we were ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how how did you become interested in your field of
2: research? That that's a long story. I'm, I I make it short. I mean, it took me really quite a while to find something which I'm really interested in, uh, because. Um, I, I started to study psychology when I was middle of the 20s already so I, I wasn't bank accountant. and uh, I nice. had a band and I was touring and I uh, uh, was self-employed doing web design so I did a lot of different stuff yeah. and when I turned middle of 20 somehow I thought okay this is all nice somehow although the music really fulfilled me we were not that successful so you have to earn a living and uh, then reality kicked in and I said to myself, okay, do I want to go with my life? And then I started to study psychology and still it took years for me to find something which would fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And I think at least for me, um, certain people were really important for my for my CV. And um, I had a mentor, he's called uh, Martin Reuter, who's also a close friend of mine. And he, from early on, saw in me a scientist, which I have personally not seen. So I said, "Christian, mm. you're going to be a great scientist." And I said, "Really? What?" Because I mean, it was more than I looked up to him, and he had a huge track record, and still has, of course, a great scientist. And I think I, I won't. It can never be that good. And this was also never my aim. But he supported me very strongly. Yeah. And, um, I tried several different things also. So did assessment center and, and whatever in the industry, because it was more closely to my bank account being. Mm-hmm. and But it all did not fulfill me. And then I said one day, you know what? I trust Martin and I go in this direction. And he supported me strongly in my early career uh, until also my habilitation dissertation and my first uh, also, then when when I got a full professor, so that I owe him a lot guarding being a mentor and mm-hmm. nudging me t- towards a direction which I have not seen for myself.
0: Yeah, I think that's incredibly insightful as well. When other people, you know, see things in us, you know, that we actually don't see in ourselves as well, and give us that belief and motivation. That's, that's, that's you very know?
2: important. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, I mean, I mean. I I think social social connections are so meaningful in our lives because we're social beings and um, it can be very rewarding and important Mm -hmm. to get this kind of feedback when you're stuck. Yeah. You're not getting somewhere and really hearing also what others have to say about you, which of course can also sometimes be very painful. This kind of feedback is really bringing us forward. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, so i think probably staying in 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 that moment of your early stages of your career so how then did your career evolve let's say over time to where you are now
2: well it, it started all out that uh, I, I studied in gießen psychology and then uh that was lucky for me martin got his first professor position and he uh, needed to move to bonn and this is close to cologne where mm-hmm. uh, what is my hometown so that was a sign from heaven, as we say, and uh, mm-hmm. it was really cool that I could uh, go back to to where I grew up, and um, I established the molecular genetic laboratory with Martin under his guidance, and uh, more and more then uh, were interested more also in brain imaging. So, and uh, we we had really good equipment there at, at Bonn, and I could st- run a lot of fascinating research. But then it comes a point in time where you clearly also have to think, okay, what are my inner research interests? Martin did a lot of emotional research in, in, in the past, which I'm still interested in. But I found for myself in particular, this digitization complex, or these questions, how does digital society change our brains, which is probably uh, these days, uh, most important research area.
1: Because we've got a lot of five-year-old listener fans, yeah. a <laughs> huge five-year-old following in our podcast. For the five-year-old followers, could you explain your work to these five-year-olds? We yeah. just want to like really strip it down and simplify it, which can be complex.
2: Yeah, Very yeah, complex. <laughs> yeah but, but let's break it down. So so I, th- I think what's fascinating about humankind is that we share a lot of things. And of course, in these crazy times, we don't want to stress individual differences too much because uh, we are more the same than we are different. Yeah. So sometimes, uh sometimes the differences are overpronounced. If you take take a look at the daily news, I think we are human mankind and we should live peacefully together. But clearly there is a long discipline where I also come from to study individual differences and ask the questions, why I'm the person that I am or why are we the creatures where we are? So who we are. And um, I try to answer this question with def- different methods. So I try to disentangle genetics and the, uh, the influence of environments on personality. I try to understand um, the brain of different personality types look like. Type is not a, such a good word because we rather speak of dimension. And finally, I try to tackle the, the biology underlying of who we are. So,
0: moving on to a topic that I'm really interested to hear more about is: Could you share with our listeners how you, you know, first came to meet Jak Pansep, and, and what you know, research did you do with him?
2: Yeah, yeah. The, I I still remember my first uh, interaction with Jak. It was I was still a student uh, of psychology in Gießen, where he was invited, and I was introduced to him by Martin, about whom I already talked today. This led. Of course, also due to, to Martin's interest, to to um a lot of interest from my right, to read Jacques Pangsep's book, Effective Neuroscience, of yeah. course, and a lot of his uh, empirical papers, then then we have lost sight of of each other. Because I mean, I was was a student, Jack was always very much interested in in research from everyone, also students. He was not Mm -hmm. a guy with a high nose, say, oh, I only Mm talk to the professors. He was the kind of guy standing in front of the poster of the student and getting engaged with with, with the students. So a great person. Um, It it happened to be, I think it was around 2012 or something. I, I don't know anymore exactly the date, but my wife happened to work in Seattle and um, I was also in Seattle at this time and Yark reached out to read a paper uh, from me and I just answered him and said, oh, well, Yark, here's the paper, great to reconnect. And uh, by the way, I'm in Seattle. And he immediately responded, well, then you're invited, you have to come to, to my house in Pullman, which is quite a drive, of course, from Seattle. Yes. We're talking about six, seven hours, I guess it was. But we, anyhow, we wanted to go to to a Yellowstone National Park. And then, and then I said to my wife, okay, that's fantastic. We have to do a small itinerary to uh, make a stop at yark's Place. And that's then how we uh, remet uh, in person and started then also to work more closely with each other, which led to mm-hmm. a series of paper, yes. uh, papers we, we also did over the years and on the one hand we worked more conceptually so uh, among others did a paper with him where we tried to bridge uh, build a bridge between his theory and Ekman's theory on facial faces and facial emotion mm-hmm. and because the, this 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 happened to be a work because i said well yark there are some similarities but there are also differences between Ekman's point of view on basic emotion and yours and how can we bring this together and um, this was just a question I had actually out of um, academic interest, and it happened to be a paper in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I did, but, but I did way more research in the fields uh, to, to, to um, understand if individual differences in primary emotional systems, which have been detected by Jörg concept, uh, form the basis of our personalities. And this is still research mm-hmm. I'm really interested in. And this goes back not only to York's work, but clearly also to Ken Davis, with whom I do a lot of research, who was also the, uh, the founder of the Effective Neuroscience person, in Scales. And uh, as sometimes tragedy brings nice moments, uh, after Yark died, I then uh, finally also met Ken in person. And uh, we are uh, in the meanwhile, good friends and uh, try to keep on Yark's legacy in the scientific community.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it, it is a legacy that yeah. will always continue. I think like any research, it, it never ends when, uh, you know, a researcher is, is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And and so if you could kind of reflect on how do you think Yak's work and, and the work you're continuing to do has advanced our, our understanding of, of human personality? I
2: think a lot because what is at the core of who we are? And um, I know that um, some concepts such as trying brain concept are heavily under fire at the moment. And um, there are reasons for this, but obviously still humans we are mammals and uh, we have a we have a mammalian nature and um i think after having read your concepts work became more clear to me of what what of what kind of creatures we are uh, and how important emotional lives are to explain who we are as persons but also to understand how we can achieve well-being And in this way, Jaag fundamentally shaped my view also of human mankind and so far that I understand also that the the most important taxonomy of personality in the field, namely the big five of personality, Mm -hmm. are likely uh, strongly driven by primary emotional systems, uh, which are subcortive anchored in, in, in the human brain.
0: I suppose... You know you're talking about the human you know personality but how do you think yak's you know work has advanced mm-hmm. now our understanding of play
2: yeah yeah i think it's it's really fascinating it's i also see it's uh, fascinating for for students if they uh, get in 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 contact for the first time with the theory is that they are intrigued to find play as a primary emotion mm. um, and most people, when they got to know about Jörg Panksepp, they know him as the ratikler because the yeah. <laughs> Hmong has been among uh, the forefront of people to uh, disentangle the basis of play and laughter in rats. Mm-hmm. and rats. Um, and this is really fascinating work. And I think shedding the light on the importance of the play circuit also for humans is of tremendous tremendous importance, in particular, in digital societies, because what mm. we see is that uh, offspring, our young youngest minds, they are spending more and more screen time, mm-hmm. which means, as a consequence, that they are not nourishing their innate play tendencies mm-hmm. for often tumble play and so forth. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I know the screen time uh, screen time debate is very complex and um, I I don't want to simplify it here but nevertheless what we know is that mother nature gave us a play circuit and this needs to be stimulated if we want to grow up into mentally healthy adults and um, we have now more and more industries which try to prolong online times Uh, we know this from social Mm. media with the data business model behind it we know this from a lot of video games and younger and younger kids are engaging more and more in these platforms. Yeah. And I think Jack's theories here really helpful. Rethink what it means to be human and what yeah. we actually need to do mm-hmm. to um, grow up into mental, healthy and stable yeah. persons. And clearly, play is of huge importance. And yeah. As we know, it's the mm-hmm. rough tumble play, which fosters social competence, um, helps children to train their motoric skills this is also important rereading yak is uh, really something which i I think is more and more helpful as a guide also in our digital society Mm -hmm.
0: yeah i mean even yesterday i was you know listening to one of his ted talks and you know what really stuck with me was you know human relationships are the best forms form of antidepressants and and i think you know that's you know really echoing what you're mirroring what you're saying as well christian yeah. for sure
1: and i think it does speak to part of the the ethos of of what we bring as a design studio mm-hmm. um is the i can't say over-reliance on tech technology but mm-hmm. a, a reliance on technology for adults to communicate with one another and we're, we're just trying to uh get people to understand the value of being in a room and communicating with one another be it with lego or without Mm -hmm. the act of of, like you said we're highly social creatures to to actually go analog a little bit the face-to-face interactions are incredibly important for building trust and understanding Mm -hmm. in a complex business environment Mm
2: -hmm. and Ron you must you must see it I think in everyday life also after the pandemic now uh, how, how much people long for interacting with each other without a screen without a Yep. Uh, video conference yep. i mean obviously these tools are great otherwise we couldn't get yes. to each other mm-hmm. but everything comes with a price and uh, we do a lot of research at the moment on video conference fatigue because mm-hmm. i mean we we are also longing to reconnect again yeah. to meet people in person because it's 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 differently rewarding to see mm-hmm. someone and in, interact without these screens
1: yeah Absolutely. I think that's a nice segue into into your book, which yeah. we are going to link to your, in, in our show notes. Um, and we, we loved your books, your book, uh, Animal Emotions, How They Drive Human Behavior. Can you elaborate more on the seeking system?
2: Yeah, b- b- before I talk about the seeking system, I, I mean, there's a, actually a, a nice and sad story behind this book. Mm. and. You can advertise it because it's available for free Mm -hmm. (laughs) as a download at Punction Books, so people don't have even to pay uh, money for it. And um, the idea behind this book was, it was before Jacques unfortunately died in 2017 that we write a short layman's introduction to his theory. That was the idea Mm -hmm. behind this book and not, as Jacques said, a, a, a fat one again, but rather small one, which, Provides people with 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 the basic ideas about his theory. I mean, mm-hmm. effective neuroscience is beautifully written, but it's a very mighty book to read. Mm-hmm. And that was the idea, and and, and Jaak agreed to do this with me. But unfortunately, as we all know, he uh, yeah. lost uh, his his fight against cancer. And um, that was the the time when I reached out to Ken Davis, one of his first PhD students, who uh. Finished this project with me, which which has uh, just from the idea started with Yak, but Yak didn't didn't do any writing, and and uh, Ken uh, hopped in, uh, which was a perfect fit, of course, due, due to the history on the NPS and also their relationship. And anyhow, am coming back to this question. Um, this book reflects clearly also on the primary, primary emotional systems, and the seeking system. And there, there is a, I think, fantastic metaphor in Jaak's work explaining very well what the seeking system is in all brains. namely I mean, it's an energy system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Energy, that's what he always said, is delight. And mm-hmm. you probably know this from yourself. I uh, included some personal stories on each primary emotional system to illustrate it in my book, mm-hmm. is that, I mean, if you have really stopped well and, and you get up in the morning and say, ah, yeah. oh. I have so much power and perhaps you have even a day off and you just can put your activity in all kinds of different things. That's seeking. Seeking is mm-hmm. in itself a system which can be directed into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So traveling, experience, culture, but clearly also the evolutionary, more basic things such as uh, looking for food or partner. Um, it's it's a general energy system and therefore it comes not as a surprise if this system is under aroused this goes along with demotivation and this is clearly also core of understanding the depressed mind because the depressed mind is not only uh, characterized by high sadness for example but also mm. by low seeking activity and mm. due to the works of Yark, we know because he did a lot of electrical brain stimulation studies that the medial forebrain bundle that's massive structure in the brain uh, represents the core structure underlying the seeking system.
1: For, for me, it was, a, it was an interesting, it helped me reframe curiosity. It felt like curiosity, it felt more than curiosity, it felt like, a, it felt like curiosity had more movement the the in i i I constantly think of seeking more than curiosity uh or or i think of curiosity with an approach feeling with with a movement feeling so true curiosity is to move from your own belief structure and system to move towards something else Um, and the word seeking has has really helped me reframe curiosity or add a different kind of a feel to it Uh, that
2: that makes a lot of sense because, I mean, uh, a prerequisite for uh, being curious is clearly that you have an energized mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not happening. Mm-hmm. You cannot be uh, curious about the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And It
2: also fits that in our research we see, we see strong correlations between high seeking and high openness for experience where we know that facets of openness for experience are intellect, imagination, mm-hmm. being interested in arts, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that that's the area you're also speaking about and mm-hmm. touching. We're talking about also having a creative mind, not yeah. only a curious mind, which clearly touches also upon the seeking system.
0: I suppose staying on track with the seeking system, just going to move on to the um, ANPS. We touched on that um, just earlier. So Ronan and I completed the. ANPS, and we did score high, very high on seeking and play. So would you be able <laughs> to explain the ANPS to our viewers, uh, as we're going to link it obviously in our show notes for them to complete as well, um, you know, just a, a brief kind of overview of, yeah. of what it is.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to do this. I mean, um, the the ANPS is a self-report questionnaire, which has been constructed by uh, Ken Davis and by Jagdpangsep. Mm-hmm. to translate uh, the research findings from brain science to personality psychology. And mm-hmm. um, the idea obviously is uh, all mammals have a seeking system, all mammals have a play circuit, all mammals have an anger system, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about seven primary emotions, which uh, we all share these neuronal circuits underlying these uh, psychological systems. Obviously, both from structural and functional points of view, a bit different across people. Mm-hmm. Some people have different medial medial forebrain but in terms of structure or function, which could be an explanation for the fact that they have a higher or lower seeking system. So, okay. although we all have a seeking system, perhaps you both also differ a bit in uh, yeah. the force you you achieve. Mm-hmm. So that's individual differences. Mm-hmm. And the idea was a bit because Yark worked basically with electrical stimulation, lesion studies of the mammalian brain, and also with pharma- pharmacological challenge tests. So he was giving animals, for example, um, oxytocin or neuropeptide. he um, was interested to understand what brain areas are underlying what emotional systems. And by this kind of work, he summed up and say, okay, I observe mm. through my lens of work, seven primary emotional systems. And um, as you can imagine, I mean, a lot of psychologists are not working with neuroscientific techniques. Uh, so they don't do brain imaging. Of course, they most mm-hmm. people don't do the brain stimulation but still there are lessons to be learned from your concept theory. So he said, okay, this might be interesting for personality psychologists so that we start to create a scale, according to my findings from from the neurosciences, so that we describe these seven primary emotional systems in terms of individual differences. So that some people have higher anger or higher fear system or higher play system, or as you talked about, a higher seeking system.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and um, that was a bit the outline and of course this approach is very different from what we have seen so far in the literature. If we talk about the big five, the ocean model uh, consists of openness to experience, conscientiousness, extraversion, agreeableness, and orticism. This, The big five have been detected by a lexical approach, so that's very different. Mm-hmm. So psychologists mm-hmm. used the study of language, to understand who we are and to come up with this big five. Jaak's approach is very different from this Mm -hmm. and and Ken's. It was, now we do brain science, we do experiments there. And because we have detected with scientific neuroscientific methods, seven primary emotional systems, Mm -hmm. we design a scale according to these insights, which is of course a different approach Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. the lexical one. And coming back now to, to your scores, I mean, in a high seeking mind, we have discussed, this as a mind full of energy for a mind, which is very curious, a mind which wants to, to, to uh, go and see the world. And therefore we discussed this already, it's not surprising that there are associations with openness to experience, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: for example, to, to experience different cultures, which might be something you're also interested in. And then we have um, the high play scores which go along with very joyful personalities, which love humor, which love to, to play. And probably it also comes on as a surprise that high play is associated with high extroversion uh, if translated to the big five, because we know that extroverted people are socially outgoing, they are more vivid, but they can be also assertive. And um, I think it's really interesting to see extroversion through a play lens, and then that's, that's the theory now that perhaps children who from early on engage in a lot of rough and tumble play might all, um, lay their ground for being more extroverted in the future.
1: It's, it's interesting when we were uh, reading, rereading actually your, your book as well. We, we we started to reflect on again. This is a very generic persona of an a, the, an Irish person. Okay, just <laughs> but w- what we thought about. Uh, Again, our, our kind of Irish persona is that when you said it's an openness to travel and an experiencing new things, like again our stereotype of of Irish people is uh, also being playful. And we, as we were reading it a few days, we rereading your book a few days ago, we just thought maybe that Irish people generally have been uh, immigrants to countries for for hundreds of years at this stage. And um, so there's a cultural immersion um just through the lack of economic opportunity in our in our Mm. world um and how maybe that has helped you know part of the identity of being irish and and the playfulness is maybe
2: that's an interesting thought and what we would need to do is now is that we do a cross-cultural study right yeah
1: (laughs) what if i started
2: (laughs) irish people in another cultures to see if the irish indeed uh, or <laughs> in terms of their seeking activity
1: yes <laughs> wow. okay okay we got to get a big irish cohort of uh, respondents to the anps <laughs> let's let's, let's see That's that you to do now
0: <laughs> so in your book you discuss flow and then you link you know the the flow state to seeking care and play would you be able to elaborate a bit on that for our listeners please
2: yes uh, first of all i mean um i i discuss in my book the flow concept, according to Cs- Mihai, uh, mm-hmm. was a very famous uh, psychologist who introduced the word the flow concept and what um, does he understand um, when he speaks about flow, he uh, describes a state of immersion where we deeply dive into, for example, work. Or another activity it's a state which is accompanied by uh, lots of positive emotion and um, we can experience flow not only when we work but also clearly the classic example is the mountaineer hanging in, in, in uh, between the rocks and really yeah. or even if if uh, you're a medical doctor and you have to concentrate on an operation or whatever so mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a it's a state of mind very very really focused yeah and um obviously accompanied by positive emotions and if we talk about positive emotions clearly in Yark's world we talk about seeking energy it's an mm-hmm. energetic mind so this is of course a prerequisite for mm-hmm. for experience flow and um what I just wanted to mention is that because it's a model, and there is only a few research out there really bridging Ya's idea with the flow concept of Csikszentmihalyi, and Mihai, is that of course we can experience flow in when we are meaningfully interacting with other humans and, Mm. A playful activity means that I'm in the here now interacting with a person, and I'm mm-hmm. often very focused on this. I'm, I'm really zoning in and what we're doing together. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, this could also happen in such a flow state if we have a very meaningful, deep conversation as we now have mm-hmm. type flies, but yep. talk to each other. And this can, can also be uh, accompanied by, by a state of flow. I think uh, we have all these wonderful theories, and it's it's really enlightening to bring them together. And I think uh, the flow theory by Mihai is highly interesting. Mm-hmm. I think Yark's, combining this with with Yark's view helps us a bit to even more grasp what's under underlying the flow mm-hmm. concept. Also, if we think more about what's going on in our brains.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, back to you know what we we bring to our, our clients is that we're we're really trying to get people into this group flow mm-hmm. um, uh, through the act of of of, of movement, uh, re- socially relating. If you could maybe kind of help us with a framing for serious play, so because because from understanding your work and Yak's work, it 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 seems you can correct us here that sports is kind of touching on anger and play. At the same time or am I, am I correct in that like there's a point where is it seeking anger play well
2: i think we, first what what comes to my mind is also you if you see if you go on youtube and take a look at Yark's interviews and he talks about play he on the one hand talks about this rough and tumble play which mm-hmm. is the correct form really nourishing the, the the circuits of our brain and then there is more stylized play so if, if you if we talk about soccer these days or other sports, mm, yeah. mm-hmm. um, has a playful side clearly but it has a lot of rules which mm. does not mean rough and tumble play has no rules there is a rule don't hurt someone yes. also rough and tumble play often looks like having an aggressive side it, it actually is is not aggression so mm. because mm-hmm. it, it has a bodily component but but it's not that you hit each other or something. Mm-hmm. And if this happens while well, there is rough and tumble play going on, usually the one side hurting the other saying, "Oh my God, I didn't want this!" I immediately apologizing, going there, and and this this is this is clearly the rule which exists with rough and tumble play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's compared to sports where play often play plays a role or these days in Germany we have a huge scene where we, you play certain board games or like chess or other stuff and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you have a lot of rules and um, particularly if you have this you have some motoric things to do with your hands but it's not these full mm-hmm. body movements which you also see in sports for example mm-hmm. but again stylized play and that that was a term Jak always used yeah. is way more sophisticated form of of play of course yeah clearly also goes along with way more rules and this was not what we he usually had in mind when he talked about play behavior in particular childhood here he meant the archaic rough and tumble play always yeah Mm -hmm. i think with with serious play you perhaps mean and that would be interesting to discuss with a lot of other experts in the field perhaps also the the this the strong ambition side so that mm-hmm. you want to achieve while you are doing sports also with a certain kind of aggression which you perhaps need in in, in certain sports to to become the winner of a certain game What mm-hmm. what's interesting in in Jaak's work anyhow is that he observed and this is also clearly i think true for humans if you observed rats red rat play If one side of both rats tended to win after time, all the time, the bully, that was not fun anymore for the other side. The other side was disengaging because replay also means that both sides win from time to time.
1: And I think that translates to the workplace as well. I mean, there's always a concession. There's always a give and take. There's budgets that are won and sometimes they're lost. And yeah, that's again, that for us helped us kind of understand play uh, physiologically and also then start to translate it into the workplace it helped it was a lovely way for us to yeah, yeah
2: so, uh, there might be playful aspect clearly because we are fighting about limited resources in, mm-hmm. yeah. this, in this world um, yeah and there might be a playful attitude in achieving uh, to, to, to get the grant for your research mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. get a better salary or whatever and of course not everyone can ask the best salary Mm-hmm. But the said i mean with limited resource there's always the downside if you don't get it that it might frustrate people and yep. this is again at the core of the anger system right that we mm-hmm. are in a world where we have to fight for limited resources um on the other hand if, if we talk about the anger system it has been also it is a system which is of importance to also protect your offspring right if mm-hmm. think about the mammalian kingdom that you show anger behavior with overt aggression if you want to protect
1: your offspring from mm. a predator yeah. or something. Mm. Yeah, but we've taken a lot of your time, yes, get Jane. I, to
0: I have one one final question, yeah. and yes, I, I we have we've taken up a lot of your time. I've enjoyed every. Every second of this, I must say, it's gone so fast, but one final question, keeping with playfulness in the workplace, what one piece of advice, Christian, could you offer our listeners about play and playfulness in the workplace?
2: Yeah, I think that's a difficult question because it does mean different things, I was What I imagine for myself, if I reflect a bit about about my career, is that I choose the topics I work on wisely. And I try always find topics I work on which I love, which have a playful side. um, Mm -hmm. Because play means that I enjoy these things Mm or goes along with, with a lot of joy. And why is this so important? if we don't choose also our job, wise, uh, job lives wisely, I mean, we invest so much of our lifetime in jobs, mm-hmm. um, then we, I think we will never excel in our jobs because mm-hmm. uh, a, an important prerequisite is that we have passion for what we do. And I think at least for, for me personally, passion comes also with having fun and finding opportunities to engage with a certain activity mm-hmm. in a playful way. Mm-hmm. of course this doesn't mean rough and tumble play in everyday life yep. but it can also be very playful to dig through a mo- enormous amounts of data and to discuss mm-hmm. yeah. with people mm-hmm. um, that's and that's what what we see that that play clearly means something different if, if we grow up but but it is according to jak one of the important sources of joy in our life and therefore it's so important that we don't forget about our playful natures.
1: Yes. Like got goosebumps. <laughs> yes. Thanks for the goosebumps. Definitely. Christian, look, thank you so much. We we appreciate. It. We're so delighted that you can share your experience with yep. with working with Yak and and that you're our first guest. It really yep. meant so much that you yep. for
2: me all us with, with great minds uh will join and share their experiences. Thank you so thank
1: much. Thank you so
0: Christian. much Christian.
2: Thank Beth. you. Take care.